Welcome to the eighth episode of the Kendra Maya podcast. My name is Kendra Maya and I am a yogi at the 17,000 year old ancient Himalayan school of yoga or yoga called Trilok Akhara. Today's topic for discussion is how to get out of survival mode. So most of us are living in a mode of survival which is uh, which we will get into a bit later and The way to get out of it is also something we will look at in this episode. So I'm not sure how many of you um, have heard about this concept of uh, Maslow's Pyramid developed by uh, a scientist, a sociologist um, called Maslow. I don't know his first name. Anyway, the pyramid has about five levels and at the bottom we have the physiological needs of a human being. All the way to the fifth level which in which we have a realization or actualization of the self or a sort of fulfillment of the self. Or, I don't know, there are many words for it. Enlightenment is another word that people use. But this level at the bottom, the physiological needs, it contains things like food, shelter, and clothing. In Hindi, we call it roti, kapra, makan. We all know about it. We all strive for it. And we know that without this, there is not even the foundation of comfort. There is no comfort at all without these three basic things. The next level, the second level, is a sense of safety and security. And this is when one feels not just physically cared for in terms of basic bare minimum needs, but a sense of security comes from a step ahead of that. So maybe you have some sort of confidence that you will be able to keep these three things that you have already gained the shelter clothing and food so that's the safety the safety of keeping those three basic elements and not constantly running out of food or running out of yeah shelter like you don't know you might have to live outside on the streets maybe next month or next week so that that wouldn't consist of security And then after that is a sense of emotional connection, um, which is now already going into the realm of uh, um, friendship and hospitality and a great experience in general, people friendly, 
emotionally connected, emotionally secure. And then we have a more spiritual connection. So this is beyond that where there is even more intimacy and love and a sense of being connected to the whole world. A lot of us can trick ourselves into believing that we have that. Maybe because we are up to date with our, I don't know, social media feed. We think that we are connected to the whole world. But truth is that we are far from it. Because most of us are still in the second layer. Not just in developing countries, but also in the developed countries of the world. What the World Bank now calls the high-income countries. Nobody calls it the developed countries anymore. That's an old terminology. Nobody calls it industrialized nations anymore, but high-income versus low- or middle-income countries. Right. And why am I talking about this pyramid? Because this is a minimal framework that we can use to understand what the survival mode means, which is to exist in the bottom two tiers and not to proceed into the realm of emotional connection and emotional resilience and emotional stability in one's network whether it is relationships or friendships or love or family. A stable emotional connection with these people is crucial to be present at this level of connection. Uh, in this episode, we're also going to look at so this connection that we feel or we don't feel when we stop to feel it is when we also start to disconnect from our family members or friendships or the another another way to arrive at the same place is to just feel a sense of isolation and self-doubt and despair. Maybe when you have a breakup or when you have uh, a mid-career transition, you don't know what you're going to do next. So it's self-doubt. Are you going to start, a, you know, you're, you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're going to you're going to make a new company and you're in self-doubt. What should be the idea that I finally go with the concept? And people can range from being in a state of self-doubt to a state of despair. Um, that's a spectrum that people can be on when they're in a state of transition. That's one of the phases in which people get into this mode and get disconnected from their emotional surroundings. Or they get disconnected first, and then they get into this state. Uh, now I was listening to this uh, podcast uh, where I came across research done by a Cornell University psychologist called the Dr. Anthony Barrow. And he's done a lot of extensive research on a sense of purpose and how a sense of purpose is able to shield an individual towards a lot of the challenges that life 
throws at us. And not only does it do that, so first let's look at what is the meaning of purpose. So according to the psychologist and the terminology they've used in their paper, papers, they have a whole lab that's working on this. So there's a bunch of scientists. And their definition of, for example, the, the definition of meaning versus the definition of a goal versus the definition of a purpose. So according to them, meaning is looking back. So your past maybe gives you meaning to what you're doing now. But purpose is forward-looking. You look forward into the future and you see your purpose. You know your purpose. I mean, you have found it within yourself. So that's, that's another connected topic. How does one find it? But this is the essential difference between the me- the definition of a me of what something what gives meaning and what is a purpose. Of course, it's interesting to look at these two. But I think the main difference is between a pur- the purpose that you have and a goal. Goals are a series of goals can be used as stepping stones towards a purpose, towards meeting or fulfilling a purpose, which in itself is a journey and is ongoing whereas goals can be met purpose is ongoing because once you've finished a goal you can ask yourself what do I do now you've already accomplished it what do you do now and this is where purpose comes in it guides you on what to do next yeah So, a lot of people ask, how does one find one's purpose? And a simple, like, two-word answer to that question is internal reflection, which can be done, which, which is basically what happens when one meditates, especially if one meditates with guidance from someone who has experience with that, then one is able to arrive at results faster. But even without guidance, one is able to reflect, of course, internally with meditation and understand the four aspects that make us choose a purpose or decide a purpose for oneself or realize or kind of come to a understanding of the purpose. And these four elements, uh, for example, are talked about in the concept of Ikigai, the Japanese, the Japanese framework to find your purpose. And what you love, what you, what you have already the skills for, what the world needs, and what you can get paid for. The center point of these four circles is the Ikigai. And you can use this to come to an understanding of and come to a decision about what your purpose is based on not just one meditation, but of course several. In the perspective of Himalayan yoga, the two of these circles are also not necessary. The circle about what you love and what you're already good at 
because this is how people actually even those who are really good at something if they're already good at it and then they continue in that field for a long time then that's how they start to um, stagnate and this is why as i will speak about later there are some people who are quite confident and you know you can see how confident they are on the outside and they have great pictures on instagram but if you ask them what they want to do next they don't know that's because they're not learning anything new so having something that you already know or that you already love as a prerequisite towards a purpose is self defeating because then you cannot grow and also you cannot scale your idea you cannot but yeah the main thing is that you cannot grow you do not learn and you start to stagnate that's how companies stagnate instead of scaling i've used this many times personally myself multiple times in my life where i have transitioned from one thing to another to find out what is it that holds that will help me grow the most and also fulfill me in a, in the sense of contentment and happiness speaking of which um what happens when we do not have a sense of purpose right a lot of times one thinks that a lot of these people who have succeeded already have really fancy uh, instagram profile pictures and um are overtly seeming quite confident and looking quite confident as well they when someone asks them so this actually happens you know when someone asks them how are you feeling how confident are you about what you're going to do next do you know what are you going to do next and which direction you're heading towards they have no idea sometimes some of course some know of course but some don't and this is of course happening because they are not their energies and their being is not directed towards a specific thing there is no purpose it's more of an ad hoc fragmented set of goals that they are fulfilling but beyond this um <laughs> what some people might call yogic uh validation of the need for purpose let's look at some scientific research on what a sense of purpose can do for you so according to the um, lab at cornell university a sense of purpose has been there is evidence that a sense of purpose is a mood regulator so how does it regulate mood uh, they did a study in which people who were asked uh who there was a control group without a purpose and one with a purpose and then they are you know they were monitored in terms of how their day is going and especially on the days that they are experiencing stressing situations and then they were asked how do they feel on those days and what is considered stress stressful even so it was different for these two groups 
for the groups that had a purpose their most stressful days didn't their most stressful days were the most the more pleasurable days of the other group so their most stressful days of the group that had a purpose didn't even qualify as stressful according to many people of the other group who did not have a purpose and not only that there's something more interesting about the same study when they experienced a lot of happiness like um some overwhelming uh, sort of overwhelming amounts of happiness from i don't know a promotion or a birthday they were able to still maintain their mood instead of it skyrocketing too high and rocking back down they were able to keep it at a higher state of happiness or contentment irrespective of the existence of this event that made them all happy whereas the ones who did not have a purpose were not able to regulate this mood and were constantly at the mercy of whatever life was throwing at them whatever experiences they were having another experiment uh, as part of another research is the hill experiment when uh, people were told there were two groups one group was told to write a short uh, paragraph about um the latest movie that they have seen and one control group was asked to write a short paragraph about their purpose or whatever they sense is their purpose at the moment and then they were asked to climb this hill and then when they reached at the top they were asked about how much effort did they take right and then the researchers compared these two responses i think the variables were called estimated effort and reported steepness of incline so the ones who had just talked about the movie they had seen they reported their report of how steep the incline was was much higher and therefore they also thought that it took a lot more effort then the group then the other group which considered that it wasn't for based on what they how steep they thought it was they they didn't really think it was that uh, that much of a hard work they didn't really think it needed that much effort so there was a sort of disconnect so they they felt that it was much easier compared to how hard they thought the steepness of the incline was so that shows how a person who has clearly found a sense of purpose is able to better um is able to better handle adversity and challenges such as climbing a hill or a mountain and that's uh, that's pretty interesting but then there's one more aspect of the study which is also quite intriguing although not so much about a purpose but about goals so some of them were also asked about their goals of the day for example like what are you going to do the rest of the day are you going to go meet someone etc 
those people who said that they needed to finish some homework or they needed to go meet someone, a friend, their estimated effort was much higher than their reported steepness of incline. So they thought it was much harder, which shows, which goes to show that when the person is not really present in what they're doing and they're thinking about something else that they're going to accomplish later, it, it took them much more effort. So this is really interesting because it clearly demonstrates the difference between a goal and a purpose. Mm. These researchers also say that apparently having a sense of purpose increases attractiveness and likability, which is, of course, something that everybody wants. Whether you want to do that to get laid or whether you want to do that to make better friends or to get a job or to just get into, um, I don't know, some sort of limited edition club. Having a charming or a likable personality is definitely a plus in all these situations in life in general. And a sense of purpose, a person who has a sense of purpose is immediately identified just by their by the way they move, by the way they look at things, by the way they set their jaw. And that's uh, how other people experience them, this certainty, this clarity, they see it. And as they move, as these individuals move towards the direction of their purpose, other people find them on the way and are attracted to them because they have a similar sense of purpose. So these people also tend to have broader and deeper social networks. Now, one more interesting thing that these scientists spoke about was the sense of purpose being an actual sense, like a perceptible sense, where some people have not developed the sense and other people have, and so they can sense it from the external environment and their own environment, like their internal environment. So that's something that can be, but the great news is you can cultivate this sense, you can you can find it within yourself um, by, first of all, just being open to this. Because how many times have you created something that is without a function? So how, how could it be that you were also created without a function? It's quite unlikely. So you were probably created with a function too. And maybe many functions, probably multifunctional, multidimensional, and multi spatial or multi spatial experiences or multi functional experiences. And that's that's the journey. That's the journey we all go from one purpose to another, we transition. Yeah. So one one doesn't have to fret about finding one purpose for one's whole life, you know, because that's that's way too much pressure. I remember being under that pressure when I was 16 or 17 when I had to make some very difficult decisions about... The decisions were not difficult, but it was just some hard... Like, I didn't have enough information to make these choices and I definitely didn't have the time to do any sort of self-reflection because it was quite a competitive study environment in India. But somehow I found something and then since then I've transitioned 
already quite a bit and it's great. So research also shows that purpose enhances longevity. It helps people recover faster, for example, from strokes or heart disease. It also, purposeful people also experience um, less, fewer psychosomatic uh, symptoms and slower rates of cognitive decline. So slower rates of cognitive decline implies that a person who has a sense of purpose will be more unlikely to get Alzheimer's, for example. Right. Um, that's really great stuff, I think. There's uh, also evidence, uh, suge- suggested evidence, suggestive evidence that greater self-reported... Uh, so, there's a relationship between people who have a sense of purpose and greater self-reported income and net worth. So there you go. For all of you out there who want to be more comfortable in life and get access to finances, this is actually at the crux of being rich. To be rich, one has to be of value to other people. And to be of value to other people, you need to know what is your value. And that comes from a sense of purpose. That what do you do? That's great. What do you do? That's special. What's that special thing that you can do to help others? And this is how yoga, yoga also perceives a sense of purpose. Because from this sense arises our understanding of what we can offer to other people, how we can help others. Because if you can't help others, why would they be willing to pay you for anything? Right? How can you develop a great product if you don't make something that other people will need? And in order to understand what other people need, you need to be willing to care about other people. You just need to care enough and then know how to deliver your value. But that's just the later how, the how part of it. The beginning of it, the seed, is the sense of purpose. And this is really eloquently put down uh, by Viktor Frankl, who is a Holocaust, Holocaust survivor, in his book, Man's Search for Meaning. An excellent, although slightly depressing book because it's all about his experiences in the concentration camps but uh, he made something out of it and that's what the book gives and this book which is an incredible essence of what it means to have a sense of purpose I highly recommend it and he said that orientation towards the future is what differentiated the people who perished in the concentration camps and the ones who didn't. And in his case, he also said that orientation towards the future or towards another person who they love 
I want to meet again. An orientation that emerges from beyond oneself. Because he really wanted to meet his wife. And he really wanted her to be alive. He really wanted to... He really cares about her. He, you know, he really cared about her. So he was oriented towards the future, beyond himself, towards another person. And that's how he describes as the absolute key of his survival. He also differentiated between psychological death and physical death. Physical death, of course, is quite obvious. But a lot of people die psychologically and emotionally at a much earlier age. At maybe 25 or 21 even or 30. And they die psychologically because they do not have the sense of purpose anymore. That's what he said. That's what Viktor Frankl said. Those are not... Of course, I agree with his ideas and his words. So he concluded that to go beyond psychological death, to survive that, and to go even beyond physical death because it's connected for survival, one has to be oriented towards the future, towards another person beyond oneself. And that's uh, the essence of my of the episode today. In the next episode, we will look at how does one create together with another human being in the sense of co-creation. And this happens when one has gone beyond the survival mode and started to care about others. I hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, if you did, please do like, share and subscribe to the channel. A free way of supporting uh, this channel is by rating us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Because that would put us on the map a bit more. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening.